I'm Trevor Cummings, and these are my Thoughts on Money. Hello, and welcome to the Thoughts on Money podcast, what we like to call Tom. I'm Trevor Cummings, your host of the podcast, and I'm here with today's author, Mr. James Andrews. Good morning. And none other than, drumroll please, Sean Latimer. Hello. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Glad to be here. It's, uh, it's no longer raining. That's kind of nice. When you look out the window, our listeners can't see you look out the window, James. <laughs> just they just hear your voice it's not going like you're like driving by. You're like, out the window. Out the window. <laughs> uh, why don't you tell us what you wrote about? I wrote about the rain and the inconvenience it brings. So this was this is a different article than I typically write. Usually I'm writing about ways to think about the world, mental models, or financial strategies. This one came from a different part of just kind of my thinking and kind of how I feel about finance. I had two different events happen in my life over the past few weeks. The first one, I start with the opening, which I'll talk about here in a minute, about rainy days. The second one, a few weeks ago, was a pretty rough week where I was talking to families who had like tragic life events happen. I had a friend who had a tragic life event happen. I talked to another person. It just seemed to all happen in a week. And it just weighed on my heart heavily. And so... I think it's helpful to just sometimes take a step back, look at the bigger picture. And so I start out with talking about the rain. So California. And you realize no one else in the country that's listening to this podcast right now is going to have any sort of empathy for you. None. (laughs) Exactly. You're like, you live in the the best weather in the world. And it's like, it rained a couple of days this week. Shucks. I know. Well, we're not made for it. Just to be clear, like California is not made, especially Southern California. We don't know what to do. Traffic is bad. Anyway, all, all that to say is we, our family calendar is quite busy at the moment. We have young kids. My wife is back in school for more education. We both work. It's just a lot. And so when rain comes and now there's more traffic, things are delayed, and it just kind of like stretches out all the time that it takes to run a family. We found ourselves being late and getting frustrated and just feeling tense that things weren't going according to plan. That's how we intended them to go. And I thought that's a really helpful analogy for financial goals. We have these really well-laid plans. We have all these expectations and then life comes and throws a curveball, and you just left feeling frustrated at times. Go ahead. Give your Mike Tyson quote. It wasn't in the article, but it's perfect right now. You can go for it. I'll let you do it. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> That's right. You bring it I up think... like every other time. Do I really? <laughs> Maybe. It's, oh, it's a good quote. Yeah. I mean, it's a great quote. It just seems like every article I write, it reminds you of Mike Tyson. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you have a theme. Of, he's just thinking about punching you in the face. That's, that's what he's thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that you say that uh, earlier that clients won't feel bad for us because it's true. I, I've been on Zooms and, and they're like, oh, you know, I heard you guys are getting rain. And I'm like, yeah, it's awful. And they're like, are those palm trees in the background? I'm like, yeah. They're like, it looks kind of sunny. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's getting better today. And I almost feel kind of silly that they're having ice storms and we're talking about like a couple of days of rain. Yeah, I talked to Stoddard, our advisor, in, uh, our colleague in uh, Minnesota yesterday. And I was like, hey, how's it going? He's like, awesome. It's 50. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's 50 here too. And he was saying it as like a positive. Yeah, and like, I wore a t-shirt it like, today. <laughs> it's freezing here. so It's so cold and it's so wet. I'm just not used to it. We visited Idaho, uh, I think last month, and they were legitimately having a storm. We're like shoveling the driveways, can't get the car out, you know, don't have the right four wheel drive, like legitimate inconvenience. And then as I'm writing this article, I was like five minutes late to work. I'm like, oh my goodness, life is so hard. (laughs) There's no weather margin in your calendar. There's uh, not. Because weather is pretty consistent. So the surprise uh, causes you to get flustered. 
So bring us back to finance. It's so back to finance, um, back to my family calendar, back to like, what, what is all this for, right? What, what's the purpose? And so when I was talking with my wife and we're getting frustrated about just inconveniences, it was helpful just to take a step back and be like, look, like we're a little late, but we love our time with our kids, right? Dinner time was a little bit later than it should have, but we still had a family dinner, right? That's not a bad thing to have. We still do bedtime routines. And so looking at the bigger picture helps. So tying it back to finance, there are a thousand and one ways that you can manage and measure finance. There's that saying, if it can be measured, it can be managed. It's very true, right? Portfolio allocation, returns, people try to see, you know, what percent interest they're getting on their savings down to the 0.01% decimal. It's just very minute and it can be distracting. I have another version of that quote. Do you? If it can be measured, it can be manipulated. Oh. Just made it up on the spot, but I, I just feel like it's so true. Anyway, yeah. total tangent. <laughs> Keep going. Completely tangent. You mentioned that one too. But I think I'm seeing themes with. <laughs> I've mentioned that quote before. <laughs> yeah. Mike Tyson and manipulation. Yeah, there Those you go. Those are your top two. The so, story by Trevor Cummings. <laughs> <laughs> so it can we can I I'm just looking at my own self. I can get so distracted with over managing, over measuring getting so fixated on the details that I'm so prone to look at that when things don't go according to my plan, I I get frustrated, right? If I have a retirement age in mind of 62 or 65 or on my 70th birthday, whatever that number is, if it doesn't happen right then, I get frustrated and I feel like, ah, like things aren't going as I wish they would. And so I find that conversation is also common with clients. I wonder if you guys also run into that often, which is when expectations don't meet reality, frustration ensues. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the common cause of unhappiness, if that's a simple way to put it, is that I expected things to go X and they ended up Y. Um, If you lower your expectations sometimes, right, you might find yourself to be a little bit happier. And what you're kind of alluding to is that our emotions get the best of us. So by setting those wrong expectations, having a calendar that has no margin for weather, it can lead to disappointment, frustration over things that don't matter. Five minutes late to the office, no big deal, right? You had family dinner. So I think that's what you're juxtaposing is, hey, how do we measure the intangibles? Yeah, exactly. And so it's helpful to think about what money is and what money isn't. Money is a tool. It's something we use to build our life. It's something that we use to construct what we want to accomplish in our life, but it is not the end objective. And so measuring how we manage our money, that's something you can say fast three times, is helpful to do to an extent. But if we forget about what I call the intangibles or the things that are above and beyond what the money is used for, we can get so caught up in the minute detail that we forget about what the bigger picture is. And so an example I give is building a home. If you're building a custom home, the details are important. Don't part. do it. Don't do it ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep no it simple. Intent. Yeah. And so right, the details are important. You know, the, the, to- the code for that city you live in, the square footage, the rooms, the makeup of the house, right? How you construct it is really, really important. But the home is only as helpful as the people who live in it or where it's sitting in the community. However you define those intangibles, for us, a church and our faith has a big part of that. For other people, it might be something different. But defining what that is. And so when you're building a home, you have to focus on the details. 
But you have to take a step back and think, okay, who's sitting at this dinner table? How can I invest in those people? What does it really mean to live a fulfilling life? And how is my financial management tying back to that? Sean Lauderberg, do you think advisors do a good job at that? Because I, I don't think they do, but like getting outside the lines of what can be measured to talk about the intangibles, like what's your experience there? Yeah, I was just thinking about that as James is describing the article. And uh, I think that a lot of advisors, sometimes uh, they're used to giving somewhat specific advice. I don't want to say one size fits all because it's not fair, but um, they're used to kind of designing an allocation or an investment portfolio, maybe a, a somewhat certain way. And then they take the client's risk tolerance, balance sheet, and and kind of some of those details and, and put them together. Where I think what James is talking about is uh, ultimately it's kind of what financial planning should be about is what are their goals? What are they really focused on? And if it's to be able to take care of their children or spend more time with their family or retire early, you kind of, you kind of do have to go into the next layer and ask why, because otherwise uh, I've come across lots of times where people say, Hey, I, I have this part of my part of my portfolio that I'd never plan to spend in my lifetime. I go, okay, that makes sense. So this money's for future generations, kids, grandkids. And they say, yes, or a, char- a charity. And then you look at some of the investments and they do not match the, the goal. And and so I think that uh, it, it is important to know the entire big picture and why, it, because it'll make you a better advisor and be able to identify how the allocation should look. So how do you guys do that in a client meeting? Because I can fall into this too, where we have the format, we have the framework, we talk about the finances, and clients more often than not come into the meeting with the mindset of, I'm talking about money, and they go into like that money frame of mind, when maybe I want to talk more about life and the intangibles when you're in client meetings, how do you guys go about those conversations to bring clients back to, you know, things that are greater than just the wealth? I think clients will lead you there because you'll see when their face lights up or they get animated about mm. something. And I think it's just good to rest there and to ask questions. Uh, hopefully I don't use this quote a lot because James is going to accuse me of it. But <laughs> like people say, uh, financial planning is a science and an art, right? It's an art mm. and a science. So I think the the industry leans into the science part, mm-hmm. right? Like I poke fun at one of our advisors and I won't say his name on this uh, podcast, but he is very granular. And I remember he wanted to be able to do allocations at the like half percent level. And I was like, it's not an exact science. It's It's almost silly to do that. I understand how he's wired and why he wanted to do that. But allowing that to take so much of your attention and focus will take you away from talking about some of those intangibles that do matter. Because like you talk about in the article, money is a tool, uh, it's a vehicle, it's a resource to be able to go do something else. And that something else is typically um, where, like I said, where they grab their joy, fulfillment, purpose, and things of that nature. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I'd say there's times where if you're dealing with a client that is more granular and they their answers are very short and factual it's almost hard to get them to talk about the you know fluffy stuff uh, is what we'll call it and sometimes you have to kind of keep keep directing them back to okay well what does that look like you know 10 years from now 20 years from now 30 years from now and i have had times with clients where they have almost an aha moment where they kind of realize like well i don't really know what i would do with it or i don't really know what, what this is for and then they start to think like what's important to them and then the big family vacations, they go, oh, maybe I should do that. Or if it's charitable giving, maybe I should get more involved. And it's it's kind of cool to see. It is cool to see. Sorry. How do you feel as an advisor, James, when 
many advisors are going to want to lead clients to a conversation of saying, hey, and then you can retire. So the client turns to you and says, I never want to retire. I, I love what I do, and I want to, I want to work till last day on earth. That can make an advisor uncomfortable. <laughs> it's, well, it's just so rare to see that, and it takes you off guard sometimes. David talks about this in the, in the latest book, but it's, it's resonating more for me now just in terms of like why I do what I do. And what I'm learning about just myself, and I think it also translates uh, to clients as well in that conversation, which is I love what I do because I help people use their tool to maximize what they want out of their life. And so my heart is to say, look, let's do well with the investments. Let's do well with whatever the strategies are. But I don't want to stop the conversation there. I want to know what is this for? How can I help you get help get you there? That's what I do this for. And so when there's a client that says, I, I love what I do, I want to work awesome. Like, let's keep working. I'll keep working with you. Um, you are building up wealth. So usually folks who work later in years, you're in that financial plan and there's a big skyrocketing, you know, asset value. So what, what do we want to do with this? Right. you you have these tools. It's now just a byproduct of your passion, but like, where do you want this to go? And I like those conversations, right? Those are the conversations that bring fulfillment and joy. That's why I'm in this game. And it's probably why a lot of clients who love what they do want to stay working because it's it's fulfilling i'm going to give you we did a client survey recently i'm going to give you a very common answer on that client survey that you could call thematic right but i'm going to i'm going to take you somewhere else first if somebody want if an alien comes in right now and they want to understand what insurance is right maybe a simple way to define insurance is that i have some risk in my life and i'm going to take that risk and i'm going to hand it to the insurance company at a cost right? Premiums, whatever. I'm transferring risk from me to the insurance company. Does that make sense what I mean by that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here's the common answer on the survey. When I hired the Bonson Group, it felt like all the stress I had, the burden, the responsibility of watching the portfolio, managing it, doing the planning was taken away as I got to hand that stress over to the Bonson Group. So it's an interesting way to describe an advisor relationship that is not the common way but there is something to be said that some people, not everybody, will come and hire us to be able to take something that is giving them anxiety and stress and handing it over to us so they can go do the things, as your article calls them, that matter most to them. And that could be working, that could be volunteering, that could be things with family. Uh, those things are not um, uh, in competition with one another. It's just basically, and I do the same thing when... I don't get my oil changed because I have an electric vehicle. But if I did get my oil changed, I absolutely wouldn't do it myself. And other people would, and they would enjoy it. And that's fine. Uh, what I've noticed when young professionals that have young families start to get quite busy, sometimes I encourage them to spend their money. Um, if that means using dry cleaning or, or doing something else that can allow them to have that time back, it is important but sometimes you get into a groove of, I've never spent money on this thing or that thing. Therefore, I just can't get over the hump to do it. And, and the whole reason to do that, right? And, and, and in a past article, I've called it enjoying the fruits of your labor. But there is something to be said about that with what will I do with this resource? I thought your question was funny that advisors would feel uncomfortable if their clients said they want to work forever because it would probably make the financial plan 
pretty successful and easy. So I welcome that. If someone wants to work for our, congrats, you won the race. You did it. <laughs> no, I just feel like advisors sometimes want to like prove or show their worth. So they're like, oh, I'm going to pick a retirement date. So when that's taken off the table, they're like, oh, man, I didn't have a plan B. I yeah. was going to I was gonna have you close your eyes and talk about pina coladas on the beach. And now you don't want to do that. And I've told clients that. Some, some folks that common in this particular industry I'm going to describe, but pastors I've served, some of them want to be pastoring their whole life. And I'm like, oh, the financial plan is quite easy if your intent is to have income for your entire life. Uh, And that's one of the aspects of planning. But I think, and this is one thing James and I talked off podcast about, is pushing somebody down the path of retirement or, or doing this, I don't think is the job of the financial advisor. If it's the desire of the client, the advisor can show them how to fulfill that. But it's the same thing with giving. I, I'm telling advisors all the time, do not tell your clients how much to give. They decide how much they want to give. Then you show them how to do it in the most tax-efficient manner. But do do not tell them how much to give. That's not your role. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it makes sense. I'm, the comment you made earlier about offloading the responsibility, I'm reminded of a decision I made, which is similar, which is we bought our home a few years back. I felt like this immense pride of I'm going to maintain my yard. Like this is my domain. This is my kingdom. I'm going to do this. And it lasted for like maybe two years. And I'm like, man, it's just so much time. And I then, say two days. I'm like two <laughs> years. Yeah. Right on, brother. No, Good I, job. I pushed for a long time. Well, we had it. And then the kids came and then the kids were babies. And then when the kids got to be, you know, two or three, I'm like, oh, I really like Saturday mornings with my kids. Like I really like making breakfast and doing the whole routine. And what used to be a joy is now more of a chore in terms of the, not the kids, the yard. Mm-hmm. And so offloading the yard management to someone else, now I can enjoy Saturdays. I can go to sports games. I don't have to worry about it. The yard is done. And it just brings peace of mind. Like, yes, I'm paying for it. Yes, I would be richer if I didn't do it. But my goodness, like the time with my kids is more worth it than the stress of dealing with the yard. And so just your example about offloading resonates with me because Financially, maybe that's not the best move, but personally, with what I want with my life, it is. It's well, what you, I want. You just keyed on it. It is the best move financially, right? Because oh, you're, you're yeah. pushing towards what matters most, mm-hmm. but you're fighting against the James inside the James. It's like, no, don't spend money, save it, and, and whatever comes with that. So, But Saturdad, I love it. Saturdad. What does Saturdad make for breakfast? Uh, if I'm feeling exceptionally ambitious it's crepes wow a little bit of chocolate i think they're the pronounced crepes crepes <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah crepes some thick cut bacon some whipped cream some chocolate maybe some strawberries if they're in season and then we get little like mattresses out on the floor so they watch the cartoons when they're blankets if it's cold to get a little fire oh man it, it's a it's a scene i just can't stop thinking about ricky bobby with his arm behind his back, right? Like, say you love thin pancakes. Do you remember that scene? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will not say it. I will not say I it. I will break your arm. <laughs> so, um, Sean, any closing thoughts for us? No, I thought um, I, I'd like you to talk about your the other part of the article where uh, you met with some families mm-hmm. that were going through some you know, tragic events. Uh, just because uh, that resonated with me that I think it really puts things into perspective when mm-hmm. like we're worried about the rain or being five minutes late or like uh, I was telling uh, Trevor, we've been getting a lot of questions. Oh, you know, if you guys have flooding, I'm like, no, but the baseball fields are closed. It's like the worst part of my day. And I like laugh. I'm like, wow, first world problems, right? You know, yeah. so when people do have those tragic events, it just reminds me that, you know, things are great right now. And and uh, tragic things will happen in our lifetimes. Like it, it'll happen. And yeah. so uh, one, don't borrow trouble and don't, you know, try to f- 
stress out about things that don't matter because you will you will have a bad day. It's coming, right? But then two, when that event does come, uh, it really does put things in perspective. So Saturday mornings with your kids, making crepes, I didn't say it right, and watching cartoons, you're going to think back. Those are like the good days. The good days. Let's and just be clear. I don't know how to say it. I just <laughs> thought that was funny. <laughs> We're going to say it like that from now on. Yeah, this is a – she said this to me a few weeks ago. Who is she? I can't say. I'm, oh, I'm, oh, okay. I'm, I'm, a friend I, or someone? Yeah, yeah, I thought you were talking about your wife. I was like, okay. No, no, no. No, this was someone I met through working here. And so I'll, okay. I'll protect. But the sentence, the comment she made has been in my head almost every day since then. Um, she was going through a passing of her loved one. And she made the comment that I have all the money I could ever need, but I no longer have the person I want to share it with. And it just really Oof. hit me just like, oh, this is this this money, this is this tool is ultimately not worth less, but has no additive value to, to life beyond the fact that it just is and it exists, kind of like wood and nails exist and can be used for things, but it doesn't bring joy. And so that happened. And then the other events with family and friends who also had some tra- other tragic life events, it just set a, a more somber tone. I'm like, my goodness, like life is hard and tragedy does happen. And I don't want to be on the other side of this feeling regret. And I'm not saying this woman felt regret. Again, she was missing someone she loved because she enjoyed life with them. So I'm not putting her in that light, just saying, I want to, I want to look back and know I didn't value the wrong thing and get too sidetracked with stacking my calendar back to back with commitments and having all these financial goals and mindsets in mind when I should just spend a little more time maybe with my wife and kids. Yeah, so to wrap us up, to make sure I'm getting the right conclusion from your article, get your house in order, right? Do all these things. Do the planning. Um, It's not an exact science, right? It it is uh, kind of putting you in a trajectory or direction and making sure that you've checked all the boxes, good financial hygiene. It's a process. It's a lifelong process. But then what you're saying is also be able to slow down and decipher who you are and what matters to you. Um, Therefore, you have a purpose, a reason, a direction, uh, a motivation to kind of do these things. So yeah, that that resonates with me. Um, And I'm with you guys. Uh, My prayer list on my phone, my little notes section of of health issues right now is longer than it's ever been. And um, between friends and clients and things like that. So uh, it it hits home for me. But uh, I think there is something to be said, what James is not saying, because I know James, and Sean can laugh because he knows James too. He is, what's, the, how do we describe his personality? Hmm. hmm. <laughs> Which adjective? Granular. Granular. That's, that's a yeah, nice way to yeah, say yeah, it, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Type granular. That's what yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. So he likes everything tucked in and proper and nice and figured out and, uh, and all that. That's an important quality, and this comes from the heart of James, which is a, a good person to write this, is that how do I take that and marry it to these other aspects, which uh, I think is a great evolution of a financial plan. So well said, well done. Any final thoughts before I close this out? Nope. He says, nope. He's shaking his head. He can't see that, but uh, he is shaking his head. So we will ask that you rate the podcast five stars or preferred. You can leave comments. An easy way to get a hold of Sean, James, or me, Trevor, would be to email Tom, T-O-M, at thebonsagroup.com. Those emails are usually corrections on how to say crepe um, or ideas or questions or comments and we love your emails so feel free to email us and of course hopefully not rainy but we will be back next week with more of our thoughts Thoughts on on money. money
Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information. Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor before establishing a retirement plan.